It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on Barca Talk, with the city of Barcelona in turmoil, La Liga marches on. Match day nine for Barca will be in Ibar, and we have a full scouting report and breakdown of what Lionel Messi and company will be up against as they seek the top spot on the table. This is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson. After the news of nine former Catalan officials being sentenced to prison terms of nine to 13 years on Monday, the city of Barcelona erupted into a nightly state of unrest. Gabriel and I discussed the situation and how the upcoming match against Real Madrid may be affected in the extended Patreon edit of this episode. But we also scouted this weekend's opponent in La Liga, SD Ibar, and that's what you're about to hear. To support this podcast and listen to those extended episodes commercial-free, join our community on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at barsatalk.net. Now, here's the tail end of our talk about the situation in Barcelona and the scouting report on Ibar. When you don't have control, and like you said, when you're trying to live in a, a progressive city in Europe, you don't expect these things. And when things are out of control, it's just really hard to live. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. hard. Yeah. So thoughts are going out to everyone, yeah, especially sure. everyone out there who's who's trying to be peaceful and live their life and stay safe. For sure, for sure. Um, so those those people are are on our minds right now, and of course for the the leaders who have just been sentenced, thinking about them as well. But here's the funny thing: these uh, the the essentially the shutdown of Barcelona El Prat Airport has uh, caused or forced Barca to travel by bus. Mm-hmm. So this weekend's match against Ibar up in Basque Country, and I looked it up. It's roughly a six-hour bus ride or car yeah. ride. It might take yeah. even longer on a bus because you know it's a bus. So yeah, it's like not the... a great way to start the weekend no, for them. No, no. So they had to push everything a day early. So they had uh, Valverde's press conference today. They're leaving. I think. I think they left tonight. I'm yeah. pretty sure they left tonight. But again, Brian, this 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 bus is like the. For anyone that's traveled inside of Spain with the buses, the buses are amazing. They are VIP luxury buses, even for for normal humans. Yeah, oh. they have they already yeah yeah. That's really nice. They you pay like twenty bucks, full on leather seats, spacious. You have the screen already to watch movies. You can buy food and drink on board. Like they're really nice buses. So I can imagine even the Barca bus is going to be three times even better than that. It is not like Greyhound. They'll be fine. It's just a pain in the butt when they come back from the game because you just want to get home. That's six hours. It's like when you're a kid, you know, it's just like yeah. playing on a on a traveling team and it's like you finish the game. Oh, man. Five hour drive. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, because whenever I mean, to be fair, like Greyhound is not that bad. 
Yeah. You know, for like a medium length trip. It's way better than mega bus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like the seat's comfortable. You do have leg room. But even then, like for, for six hours, I get stiff. You know, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my sure. legs get stiff. So I yeah. hope that they have straight up beds and like lots do. of cut comfy things yeah. that they can be on for this bus ride. Because I don't want this messing with their legs. I hear that. And that's why they were left early so that they can accommodate them for tomorrow practice and then be ready. Because, again, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I sometimes I wonder with the scheduling. The game is at one o'clock local time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even four. <laughs> One. It's not even four. That's even That's worse. That's even earlier, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> On the West Coast here in the States, like San Francisco, Pena, LA, yeah. Pena, they're going to be watching this at 4 a.m. Yeah. I mean, kudos to them for that. I mean, but the thing is, one o'clock here in Spain is like nine o'clock normal time. I mean, it's really early. And especially in Basque country right now, I mean, it's fall. It's here in Madrid, it's supposed to rain all weekend. So I can imagine it's going to be a sloppy condition. It's going to be cold playing at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's not, a, it's, it's going to be a tough game to start, especially with all these conditions. But I'm really curious, Brian, of our starting 11 because of all the things that are going on and especially with Ibar's team. Right. Right. So let's talk about Ibar. Let's scout them out. They've been playing a 4-3-3 the last uh, couple of games. Yeah. It was a 2-0 win at home versus Celta and a 1-1 away at Real Betis, but that does seem to be um, a formation that they're gravitating to at the moment. Yeah, and, and like you have here in the notes too, they've also played other formations as well, 4-4-2 and a 4-2-3-1, which I love. I mean, everyone loves the 4-3-3, Brian. I mean, everyone <laughs> loves it, and I don't get it anymore because as we've seen, it's such a difficult formation to play. Um, again, remember we talk about the Ibar field, about how it's uh, less wide than normal, and Again, you really have to have your tactical responsibilities intact. So, again, Ibar is going to be a difficult team to penetrate. I mean, we always uh, have done decent over there. But, again, if it's rainy, it's it's anyone's game because the rain just levels the playing field. It's like clay in tennis. You know, it just makes everyone slower. Our passing already, which isn't that great, becomes worse. And all of a sudden, Ibar can definitely hit us on the counter. Yeah, yeah. And, well... I've been thinking about the passing mm. <laughs> for for because we've been off for yeah, yeah. the better part of two weeks. And that that's bad because <laughs> that allows my mind to wander. I know I could just I could just see you having coffee thinking about Barca passing. Yeah, just thinking about <laughs> passing. And and, you know, here's the thing. Their passing right now this season is good. Yeah, it is good passing. It's you just so? not what it once was at one earlier time. And, you know, like you and I, me, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for you, actually. But okay. me, especially when I think of Barcelona and Barcelona passing, I think of 2009, 2010, 2011, mm -hmm. just at 2012 at their height when it was like they had it on a string. It was like a yo-yo. Mm -hmm. They could do whatever they wanted with it. All 11 of them all the time. One touch everywhere. Uh, just incredible passing. That was at a level that was great passing. Yes. Now, you know, it's still good. It's just not as great as that. See, I don't think it's good. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's good because like you said, if you take, you know, the 29, 10, whatever, that's that's like ultimate highest level passing you can ever achieve. Right. The right. way they were cutting and doing everything. Yes, I totally agree. 
But the thing, Brian, for me is we don't take enough chances with through balls, Mm -hmm. especially since we're not doing tiki-taka, right? So we're not doing tiki-taka. What's the point of the game? The point of the game is to score goals. How we're going to score goals, get some movement up the middle, through balls, and we never do through balls enough. Right. It's only when we counter with a team and we try to be cheeky with Messi and Suarez and maybe we'll get something kind of a through there. But again, if for me, again, like we talk about in the past episodes, like Busquets passing, you know, just is really boring me. The the side to side is just not as it's not as gripping anymore. Right. It's just it's 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 almost kind of out of necessity and we're never taking chances. So, again, since we can't make those triangles like we used to, I would prefer us to be more direct, especially with our front three that we have. Right. I mean, it almost seems like some players think that we're that they're still trying to play tiki taka even though they aren't actually doing yeah, it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, and we don't have the I mean, what Arthur is absolutely willing to put a through ball in and he can put it on a dime, but you don't have the guys making the runs. Correct. A lot of times. Correct. Yeah. Again, it's all about spacing, my friend. Yeah. It's all about that, you know. And by the way, I was thinking about this while I was on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a video of Messi and Suarez coming onto the practice pitch, and then Suarez's kid came along too. And that video just told me everything I need to know about this season, that Suarez is going to start every game. Yeah. <laughs> because the amount of power that is to bring your kid like that on a training session, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that just tells you everything you need to know. So our dreams of Griezmann being the front nine this season, you can just cross them off. And especially since Suarez has been scoring lately, you know, we didn't talk about the Sevilla match. I listened to you, you and Max talking about it. You know, he scored the goals. Valverde is riding him to the ground this season for sure. Yeah. Well, Griezmann's going to get more time later on up the center just yeah. because Suarez <laughs> is going to be destroyed. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Maybe it might be a little too late by the time that happens, but yeah. it's almost certainly going to happen. But let's let's get back to Ibar and talking about sure. them and how their, their year is going because they're currently sitting in 14th with nine points. Not a great start. They have two wins, three draws, and three losses. And those two wins, we had the Celta one, of course, and then they did also beat Sevilla. So they, they have wins against strong sides in them. They have goals, and they are on a pretty good run right now because they haven't lost since match day four. This is going to be for match day nine against Barca. So they've had four good weeks in a row with two wins and two draws. For sure. I mean, a lot has to do with that field. I mean, I can't stress to you enough how much of an advantage that is for them when they're playing top teams, right? And again, like I always use the analogy, it's like playing in a phone booth where the fastest players cannot run away from you because they don't have the space to. So that levels the playing field for Ibar. And that is significant. You know, that keeps them in the match. And especially with the rain, that's just another factor. So they are, I mean, for me, it's always incredible that they're still in La Liga. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing, especially with their budget, the size of their field, the way they're able to manage it and still be relevant and also just they're not at the bottom three. They're never really in the relegation either. They're always kind of all finished in the middle. So to me, that really shows resilience. And again, I'm, I like the way they play because they're not afraid of these top teams, especially at home. Right. So again, like you said, they haven't lost since match day four. And if you do that in a run of five, you, you are playing well. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a top scorer and a top assist provider in Fabian Orellana. He's number 14, right winger. He's scored three goals. He's also provided two assists, and he's 
on the top of that chart, which uh, might also have something to do with the fact that Aribar's number nine, Sergei Enric, has been injured since mid-September. Normally, you'd be looking at Enric for more of the goals, uh, maybe some of the assists, but definitely more of the goals. But Oriana seems to be stepping up for them. Uh, you know, as much as as much as possible. Sure. And you mentioned the fact that you're surprised they're still in La Liga. I mean, I think it was either this year or last year they had to expand the seating in their stadium because, oh, really? yeah, it's been a while <laughs> since they have been in La Liga for this long yeah. a period of time. And you, I mean, you definitely want to look at the board and how they've managed uh, the club since their most recent promotion, mm-hmm. which was uh, 2014, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're current manager Jose Mendilibar he's been with them since 2015 you know he he played for 15 years as a midfielder all in lower division sides never played a single game in La Liga but his management career has been pretty good mostly knocking around uh, Basque country clubs mostly lower tier including an earlier stint at Ibar in 2004 but then he returned in 2015 uh, shortly after their most recent promotion and he has kept them in La Liga since They've, you know, they've been bouncing around mid table anywhere from 17th to 9th uh, in that time. But he's he's managing to to, you know, get decent talent, a lot of good loans like there was last season. Marco Correa had a good year at Ibar. Now he's at Hatafe on loan as well from Barcelona. But yeah, managing a good uh, side, good loans, good business and good management, I think, to, to just at least keep them mid table. Uh, so they don't have any of those European commitments, which might stretch them thin. And they're just managing to stay in La Liga, which is for a club like them, if they can string together 10 years yeah. in La Liga, they can they can really start to grow. For sure. For sure. And that's the thing is and they also don't have the old, the Basque only policy. Right. As well. So that puts them in a, in a unique uh, vantage point in that area because. If they continue to stay in La Liga, they'll continue to earn money, just like you said, because the the salaries, the the TV rights, everything's going to keep increasing. So, again, like you said, if they can get more people to watch the match at home, then that helps with revenue as well. And if they start to develop their own farm system a little bit more, then that's just going to keep them as well. So, again, I'm pretty impressed with their business because, you know, we've seen so many teams come and go in La Liga, like, you know, get promoted and then go down quickly because they don't have – the sense or they think they're better than they should be. For example, the team that I'm always, you know, when I lived in Saragossa, Saragossa is a team that everyone wants to be in La Liga, but they run their business so bad, Brian, <laughs> that they continue they continue to st- to hover in Segunda. So it's, you know, hats off to Ibar because, you know, we've seen like, for example, Granada before was in and out. They didn't manage their stuff, you right. know, um, and it's it's been really impressive. And, you know, I, I like I said, Seeing the business sense and the way they've been able to stay is really, really impressive. I just, I just cannot get over it because their seat, their stadium only seats like ten thousand people. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's tight. Yeah, it's tight. It's not like we're talking thirty thousand as small, you know, quote unquote. It's like ten, fifteen thousand people. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to look up the capacity. So yeah, well, but, while, um, while you do that, let me introduce the topic of Barca. Let's look at yeah, what yeah. we're up against because uh, for this particular. <laughs> fixture we have two card suspensions one to Gerard Piquet and the other for Ousmane Dembele uh, from a yellow card from P- to Piquet and a red card to Dembele in the last match against Sevilla so you know of course the assumption is that 
I don't know if Dembele did whatever he did on purpose because he was fine as far as cards. That was just a kind of a freak. Yeah, uh, you know, Max and I. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> Supposed it might have been a language issue, but but no. Pete, but you know what he said? Do you know what he said? I don't know what he said. He all he said was "it is muy mal." <laughs> that is very bad. You are very yeah, bad. Yeah, you are very bad. But it was personal. He used the Thanks. informal you. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, again, Lajos is the, like what you guys were talking about. He loves the center of attention. And I just can't get over that Dembele got two two games. So he's going to miss the Classico and this match. Oh, man. Meanwhile, yeah, PK was more strategic. Yes, he was. He was. He was definitely more strategic. Again, I'm just curious of the starting 11 that we're going to roll out because, like you said, we have him TT for Perez out with injuries, PK Dembele. So front three, who do you see in the front three? Well, it's got to be... It's got to be, I think, Griezmann, Messi, and Suarez. I'm yeah. not saying that that's going to be super effective necessarily. Yeah. I mean, Messi's great, but, you know, Griezmann out on the left, uh, not ideal for him. Suarez at the middle, which is where he's at his strongest, um, but he is looking inconsistent. He might have a brilliant moment. He might have another great volley. I'd, I would welcome it. Yeah. Uh, you can't count on it. But that's that's what I'm seeing in the front three is uh, Suarez up the middle, Griezmann pushed out to the left, and Messi, you know, on the diagram out on the right, but really just wherever he feels he needs to be. For sure. And the other thing, too, is which players had international duty yeah. that are starting, you know? Well, that's for the other me, thing, was... right? Because Griezmann played 180 minutes for France during the international break. So he might – so Suarez might actually be the fresher of the two right now. Yeah, which is crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> And the other thing, too, is Frankie, too. He played. I was watching him against Northern Ireland when I was in Northern Ireland, Brian, last week. Oh, wow. Um, you actually saw Northern Ireland in Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Were you wearing that, a Northern Ireland T-shirt at the same time? Maybe. Maybe. Lame. Maybe. <laughs> so, again, he played and he played every every minute, basically. So, again, I'm curious to see our midfield uh, structure. I, I mean, I would prefer, obviously, for this one, our tour De Jong and Busquets, I can see, or maybe Vidal, you know, I can, especially since Vidal has been kind of getting a lot of playing time and, and he started against Sevilla, didn't he? He you remember? played. I he, yeah, he played in Sevilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so long ago, but it I remember, was, you know, it was it's, so long ago. What happened? I, I was not I prepared for that question. It's okay. But, you know, lately he's been getting a lot of run because he has been showing a lot of activity and positive play so i can see him starting as well true what about the defense who do you see on the defense well <laughs> with center backs it's you have to play long lay and todipo uh -huh. there's no uh, there's no other option so they can't get ejected for one thing and That's they good. and they can't and they can't get, get injured, injured. <laughs> it's just not gonna work <laughs> yeah yeah for sure if either of them gets injured or ejected for sure not great um, and then, yeah, Firpo's out. Alba is back. So we might okay. see Alba left back and Semedo at right back, which could either put Sergio Roberto on the bench or he might start Sergio Roberto at right back, leave Semedo on the bench. But if Semedo's a right back, there is the possibility of Sergio Roberto in the midfield. Um, it's, mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure if he would be yeah. my pick. but So interesting. If you say Alba's back, if I was coaching the team, I would do Sergio Roberto – like you said, the pairing of Longley and Todibo, and I would do Semedo. And then at halftime, I would bring Alba in mm. so that he gets 45 minutes before the Classico. Right. You know, get some playing. Oh, actually, there's another game beforehand, right? There's a Champions League next week. Yes, so, we got Slavia Prague coming. Yeah, so that's what I would do. I would just ease him in. But, I mean, I can see Val Green saying, 
Oh, Alba's fine. Let's go. 90 <laughs> minutes. You're up. And well, just, to be, just, this is one area where I appreciate Valverde. He he does tend to ease players coming back from injury back into play mm. almost without fail. He rarely yeah, puts see, them in for 90 minutes. Yeah, but I could see with Alba that he wants him back so bad that he just plays in 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, again, be, he I, has been back for a little while. You know, he wasn't called up to Spain. In fact, yeah, Busquets was the only Barca player called up which to is Spain. Crazy, I know, but d- don't even get me into that. <laughs> don't get me started on that. But that's just another topic altogether. But so Jordi Alba, he's he's been in a state of recovery. He's been you know sure. match ready for a while, so he has been training. He probably could play ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, again, I being the. And it's a smaller field, so he doesn't have to run as far. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Again, I would just play him at a half and just ease him back in just to make sure that he's fine, you know. Sure. Just not head injured. But again, um, I'm nervous about this match, especially since we have won the last couple of games, but we haven't won with an amazing style, you know. Like if we take the Sevilla game, for the first 30 minutes, Sevilla was dominating. If they had a better striker, they would have been winning 2 nothing. you know? Right. And it's just these moments that we've been able to capitalize because we have good talent. But again, I'm nervous about this match again for all the reasons, you know, the players, the six-hour bus ride, yeah. <laughs> the stadium, the rain, uh, the mental state of our team, Valverde. I mean, all these things. Again, we talk about how the road matches are exceptionally more difficult now. And this is this is another one. And I have no faith lately that we're going to show up. Right. And until we turn it around and really have a really clear, defined intention of what we're trying to do in these matches, it's basically hold on for dear life for 10 minutes, weather <laughs> the storm and try to get a goal and get away with a victory. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we've we've talked a lot about this season, about the uh, the away record, how it's been really um, lackluster. Yeah, choppy. And and that's if you assume that there's such a thing as uh, an uh, an optimal away match. Even in those sure. optimal away matches, we're not performing well. And this is for us clearly suboptimal. Yeah. With all of these exactly. all of these factors that we've that we've mentioned. Exactly. I mean, I think for me the key is to see Messi really take hold of the attack. You know, to do something, have Griezmann score. Let's get that linked up. Let's get some confidence going into these next two matches afterwards with the Champions League and the Classico, you know, because Madrid's not playing that great either. And this is a time where we can really take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Be leaders in La Liga. Oh, it'd be so great to be a leader in La Liga. It would be our first time of the year. After after the start of the season, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> now, we also have some listener comments actually touching on a lot of the things that we've already mentioned, but uh, we want to honor these comments from our listeners uh gabriel would you like to walk us through these yeah let's let's start with uh jose he's the la pena president my man yeah he asked the question on twitter he said with dembele suspended ansu in spain sub 21 would you still put griezmann on the left when we all know he doesn't perform well saludos brothers saludos to you um i mean yeah we just talked about it Griezmann has to start and he's going to be on the left for the rest of the season. It's just a fact of life. They're basically just going to wait for Suarez to go to pasture and then they'll move. <laughs> they'll move I mean, Griezmann I think they're the going to wait until he honestly like pulls something to the point where they're going to have to shoot him in the head. 
Exactly. <laughs> Old Yeller style, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean like a mercy killing. I don't mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. out of mal- yeah. malice. I probably shouldn't mention yeah. such things given the circumstances in Barcelona right now. Oh, man, I feel really bad about saying that now. That's all right. But you it's get right. the idea. Okay. Yeah, I get the idea. But the thing is, until there's a new coach that's going to make Suarez compete for playing time, then there's going to be a change. But right now, he's so comfortable with Valverde up there. Yeah. Because, for example, let's say if there's a new coach that comes, do you think he's just going to grandfather Suarez in as the starter all the time? <laughs> it depends on who it is. Well, that's true, too. If you bring it back, Tito Martinez, for example. Right. Tato Martinez. Tato, yeah. Yeah, but again, well, like, I mean, is it really say, that there's a lack of competition for Suarez or that yes. or that he's just old? It's both. Yeah. But I mean, again, like, for example, we've talked about it. I just don't think he should start. I want him as a super sub because as we've seen the last three matches, the goals that he can still produce are amazing. Yeah. But for everything else that we need during the 88, 7.5 minutes, he can't give it to us. Right. You know, you know, all the defense, all the passing, the stopping, the movement, all that kind of things. He's a great right now. He's he's becoming a poacher where he finds the hole and scores. And that's a really unique skill, Brian. It's really difficult to do. But in this system of 433, we need more activity from our number nine. Right. Right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No. Clear. You know, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Now, real quick, because there's we have two more comments and I want to just sure. get one, the easier one out of the way first. <laughs> Uh, this came from Mosaku on Facebook, and he just asked if Neto is still injured. No, Neto is no longer injured. He's back in the squad, which means Inaki Pena has now been able to go back to his duties on Barca B. So all is right with the world of goalkeeping at Barcelona right now. Um, Barca B killing it, man. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have the capacity of the Ibar Stadium. Ah, yes. What is it? We were very generous. <laughs> 7,083 people. Wow. Crazy, right? And it's going to be packed. There's going to be 7,084 there this weekend. Correct. And 7,000 Bocadillos as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, finally, you want to read this one? This came from. Sure. Yeah, go ahead and read this one. This is from Twitter from at AthleticFCT. If things spin out of control after seven years of peaceful demo, what could become of our beloved Barca league? Are we returning to the days of Franco? What will this El Clasico look like? So we basically touched on all these things pretty much uh, previous, but he brings up an interesting point here, the league. Right. You know, obviously in the Premier League, there are some teams from Wales that play in the English Premier League. So obviously I think that's what would happen if, let's say, Catalonia got independence. They would never let them leave La Liga because they are such a moneymaker. And especially with the Classico, you just cannot leave them out. So I think that's what would happen. They would make an amendment for Catalonia to join La Liga, like Espanol, Girona. Well, they would and... if they were smart. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but like, that's no that's guarantee point, that actually. they would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, though. They could they could do a big FU like that and just say no. But again, money talks, Brian, right? I mean, that's, right. that's really what it is all about, the revenue. Yeah. And unfortunately, returning the days of Franco, I mean, that's the biggest thing here is just the the way the police have been handling all this stuff and all that stuff. So that's really – I don't think it's as dire, but again, it's it's an interesting point of view for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's certainly not to that level yet. Yeah, but I think uh, I I think the most disturbing thing about it is that it's not that there's 
a move towards a return to the days of Franco, but rather like the fact that these that the laws are written such that something like this can even happen means that we didn't fully Spain didn't fully leave it behind. Correct. There was like this residue, this like sticky fascist Francoist thing that just remained stuck to the Spanish constitution like gum. Exactly. Exactly. And as we talked about, you know, the Catalonia and central Spanish government have such a heated rivalry of so long, you know, so many people have been persecuted during the civil war and during Franco. So it goes deeper than just sport and culture. Oh yeah. So that's where it becomes difficult to explain. But again, who knows what's going to happen um, if we're just talking just football sense, I definitely don't see them ever leaving La Liga because of how much money they generate. They just generate too much money for them to even consider that. They would always make an amendment in La Liga constitution or something to allow Catalonia to to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because this same exact topic came up back in 2017 when, sure. when this referendum vote was happening. And I mean, I remember, uh, I believe at that time, actually, I think Tebas had, ju- yeah. had just taken over La Liga or yeah shortly before sure. and he had he, he was threatening to essentially kick barcelona out of la liga if catalonia were to secede and and i think the english premier league was saying we'll have you yeah 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 <laughs> we understand yeah, sure. money <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because i think he you know he had just kind of taken over la liga and i think after those couple of years when he saw his bank account <laughs> That maybe he changed a different tune. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he gets it. Yeah. Now he gets it. You know? So. <laughs> yeah. And as far as what what this Classico will look like, I think it depends on a number of things. It, it, it depends on whether they postpone it to another date. Actually, you know what? Here's the thing. No matter no matter what happens, the Classico itself, the game will look the same, I think. Yeah. Because the two teams the players, the managers, the clubs, they have one concern and their main concern is definitely more uh, money driven. You know, it's more revenue driven on both sides for them right now. There are some politically active members of Barcelona, but not as many as there were, say, 10 years ago. And so the club is is more, you know, motivated by its bottom line. And Mm -hmm. there isn't as much animosity between the two sides right now. So the game itself for those 90 minutes is going to be whatever it was going to be, no matter what. The real question is what's going to be happening in the crowd, in the stadium, and what's going to be happening outside the stadium, particularly if that stadium is the Camp Nou. For sure. And this is just like breaking news right now. So the last report now is that the Classico is going to be moved to December 7th and the matches at Barca and Madrid were supposed to play on that day are going to be moved to December 4th. Mm. So, and that's from uh DRL ass right now. That's that just came out like five minutes ago. Right. So, so I mean, for those listening, it's going to be five minutes plus sure, sure. And 20 hours, but you know, you, you get, you know, we're on top of it. Yeah. We're on top you of get it. Exactly. So, yeah. but what do you think that of of my estimation here that it's more about what's yeah, going to yeah, be happening sure. in the stands and outside the stadium than on the pitch? 
I mean, again, uh, I was listening to a radio station today and, and he had a really good point. There's no win situation. Everything is a bad resolution for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so personally, I, I would hope that they can continue to have it on the 26th of October and just try to be as civil as possible. But I understand depends on what happens next week leading up to it, that it may just be impossible. Again, I think just keep postponing it is detrimental as well because that doesn't matter how long you postpone it. It's still going to be chaotic with all this stuff. So again, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and somehow just bring more security to make everything safe and just get through it. You know, well, if nothing uh, I else, don't know. postponing it would give you more time to bring in more security. Sure. That's the other thing. Exactly. That's the other thing. And Again, another theory, too, that they were throwing around is just go have it in Miami. <laughs> of course. You know, which is crazy. But it might be a, a good resolution. But again, we're not going to know until either tomorrow now or this weekend about it. Right. But like you said, that's a good point, too, that if they do postpone, it gives them more time to plan, logistically get more security and do all that stuff. Because, again, that's really what the the ultimate concern is with this match is the safety and security of both teams and the fans. Yeah. Because even a normal under normal circumstances, you know, when there's exactly, you know, it's heightened, nothing else going on. It's it's a security. uh, Correct. uh, Nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, you know, uh, with these matches, most of them are tourists that come. But again, it's a lot of socies that are there. And again, what better opportunity if you are a separatist to come and really shake some stuff down at the Classico on TV in the most watched sporting event in the world so yeah we'll see yeah we will see yeah yeah well well my friend mm. have a good weekend we'll talk this weekend huh yes we will become a patron for just five dollars a month and listen to the extended episode we'll be back on monday with more visca barca Podcast Network.